Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. Hey, do you dream about selling your business? Yeah, everybody does. Well, I'm telling you why you should stop, pause, and give it a little bit more thought. And I'm talking to one caller who wants to reopen a restaurant but is afraid of the new competition. Good afternoon, Barbara. My name is Deanne Wafer, and um, I have a chicken and waffle um, fast food restaurant. I closed my restaurant down due to the pandemic, and now I am ready to open up. But now I see that there is another restaurant trying to open up about two doors down from my location. It is a seafood place. And I'm just wondering, what can I do to make my restaurant stand out as opposed to the other restaurants? I need so much help. I mean, this is the bread and butter for my son and myself. I am trying to, you know, groom him to be a entrepreneur. So any help would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. So you're afraid of the guy that's opening or the woman opening a couple of doors down and they're going to sell seafood. I had a hard time figuring out what the relationship between someone who would want chicken and waffle would be where they'd go to the seafood place instead. Is that the same customer? I would think it would so, so different. Well, it used to be before the pandemic, it was a currency exchange. So then the currency exchange closed down and then this seafood place opened up Mm -hmm. and then they also sell chicken and Uh fish, the same things that I sell. So my business is in an urban area. Mm -hmm. And usually when a new business pops up, People of my color will go and support someone else before they come and support me. Why would that be? You mean that they're more likely to to support or they're curious about the new restaurant? What drives them? I'm thinking that we just don't spend our money in our own community. Yeah, but because this is your community. It's three doors down, I think, right? It's, it's like three doors down. It's three doors down. Yeah. So they figuratively talking about a community being the restaurant or you mean the community, the neighborhood where you live, the community where the restaurant is at. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they were like so excited that this seafood place was opening up and they stay like jam packed. And I am connected to a bar because the landlord that I rent from, she owns a bar. So the patrons from the bar, they don't have to come outside the, the bar, they can just tap a bell and then I can just go to like a service window and service them. But then they too will go down to the fish place a couple of doors down. Wait, uh, I want to put a timetable on this. You're talking past tense. Are you painting this scenario for me when both restaurants were open? You had been in business a while. They had recently opened and it was pre-COVID before you shut down? Or did you shut down because of the competition? 
no, no, I shut down because of COVID. Yes. And how about the other restaurant? They shut, shut down as well? Well, they just opened up. So they're just starting their business. Okay. Uh, again, I'm a little confused. Just to make sure I'm listening really well. Sometimes I don't. Uh, they just are starting the business. They just opened up. Are you again open or you're going to be open? I'm going to be open. So how do you know, how are you able to tell me so clearly why you're losing business to them if you're not even open? Or is this a fear you have of what's going to happen? You know, I, I, I guess it's just a fear, but I'm really not afraid of anything. I'll try and do anything. So I've, I have some different things that I want to put into place in my restaurant, but I just want to, I love competition. So I want to give them a bang for their buck just because they're bigger than I am and people can see them because they are on the corner. I'm in like a little small, I'm in between the block. I see. But let me ask you, the face of your restaurant uh, faces the same street that they face where the pedestrians walk by. Is it a pedestrian restaurant to be able to predominantly walk there or they drive and park? They can drive and park. What most they, of your customers do? What, what is it, like half and half? It's half and half, yeah, because it's in a neighborhood setting. I the see. rest, and it's yeah. Uh, one other question, just so I can visualize it. How about parking? Is your parking better than theirs, or do people just park on the street? There's no parking lots involved, right? Well, their parking lot is better because they have a, it was, like I said, it was a currency exchange, so they have a parking lot. Uh, my business is connected to the bar and her bar is open seven days a week. And does so she when, have a parking lot? Does she have a parking lot? No. So we have to do street parking. That's a, that uh, is, I think, a larger challenge than what the menu is. Ease of operation. You know, if you could pull in, don't have a hassle parking, that's a bigger advantage, I think, on their side of the good news card. Uh, than anything else. Uh, there's no way you could resolve a parking lot typically. Is there any resolution to that? Okay. Do they have a, a, a bar license? Do they serve alcohol? Oh, yeah, she serves alcohol. Oh, mm -hmm. she does. So your advantage of having a bar next door is only an advantage in that they're ready customers come in for a beer and think, hey, maybe I'll have a waffle, that kind of thing. Right, or some wings, right. Okay. Uh, but how close is their menu really to your core menu? They don't serve chicken and waffles, right? No, they just serve seafood and then they serve chicken. Chicken, like, like fried mm -hmm. chicken. And so yes, they serve lobster, uh, crab, shrimp. Yeah, well, that's very popular too. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. Okay. You know what I think? I think you focused on the wrong thing. That's what I think. I think what you ought to be focused on, hyper-focused on is how you could outdo them uh, with your offerings, how to juice it up, how to not even so much as rebrand by base of what you do, but what kind of great stuff that's deliverable and easy for you to do that you know well how to do, could you deliver up to these people that are going to get them turned on? Almost like uh, show your uh, new face of yourself, you know, they've got the newness going for them. That's an advantage. Everybody's always attracted. Ooh, what's new? Mm -hmm. But they got to look at you and go, ooh, what's new? What's the name of your restaurant? Eat and Run. That's a cutie. Does it have <laughs> your name on it? DM's Eat and Run? No, it's just Eat and Run. I like you putting your face on that thing. You got a great face. I could picture you turn into a comic strip face and slammed on the name 
you know, Diaz eat and run. Do you have any byline like eat and run chicken and waffles or is it just eat and run? It's eat and run home up to chicken and waffles. So you've pinholed yourself to chicken and waffles. Mm -hmm. That's probably too narrow considering you have the competitor a couple of doors down. Okay. Unless, unless you just believe that there's such a demand for chicken and waffles that that's your major card. It was then. I'm not sure it's smart to have it now as the major card. Is it? You would know. I probably would say no because now I am trying to, like I said, I'm trying to get something different in there now. So I am trying to get a smoker put in there so I can do barbecue because oh. there is nowhere in the vicinity of my restaurant that anybody sells barbecue in the neighborhood. Now you're cooking, baby. I like the way this sounds. What if you relabeled yourself as Deanne's a barbecue house or Deanne's eat and run and then barbecue comma, you know, chicken, waffles, blank, 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 like two, five okay. key words right under your name. I love the Deanne's in there, you know, because you've got a great face and the right personality. Your son's working with you. It's probably like going in your place feels really homey, right? It does. Yeah. It's because of your personality. It's an extension of your personality. But I like you extending your personality into your name a lot. I don't know why. Okay. Very much. I mean, what kind of signage do you have out front? Can you do something absolutely wacky with the signage? Hyster like make a human size you. Maybe oh, yeah, I could do that. I would take a picture of the block with their restaurant and your restaurant as it stands right now. Take it from across the street, enough distance with a wide angle lens, which is on your iPhone, right? Print it up and maybe make 20 copies of it. That's what I would do. And I would think, how do I put them out of business with my signage? How do I compete with their signage? You know, I could even see you getting, uh, getting away with a, a, like a wood sign. If you go on Upwork, you could get a caricature done of yourself. My Daisy Cakes got one done of hers and she puts on all of her cakes. Uh, I think she paid uh, $40 and she had 10 people try out and then pay $40 for caricature. Produce it and then have it life-size on the front because they probably don't have any life-size people. People always attract the eye, you know, more than word. Right. You know, I think you just have to outdo them and look brand new. Okay. It's what you offer. And I don't think it has to be a lot. I think it's like a reface, going for a facelift kind of thing okay. like that. I hate these people. You've got to put them out of business. Yes, I do. I'm trying to build this business for my son. So I got to have, I, it's just, I have a small family. So it's just he and I. So I have to, and I just don't want him to see me as a failure. Let me tell you something. There's no kid that would see you as a failure. You're not the type. You could even fail and get away with it. And they still wouldn't see you as a failure. You're not made like that. Yeah. You let that one go. Take, take yourself off that hanging hook, right? Not worth it. Just not worth it, really. Look how sweet you are, my God. You know what? Uh, you want to make your son, I think you said in your message, entrepreneur. Or yes. Yeah. Grow, yourself, grow yourself, your son to be an entrepreneur. Yes. Uh, that's not your charge. The only charge you have is to expose him uh, to the business as you've best done. If he's going to be an entrepreneur or not, you have no control over that. You just exposed him, like, to an education, right? Right. God, you did. And he may do it, he may not. But make your God very different. Make your God putting those guys out of business. Okay. Yeah. I don't really want you to, you know what I mean? But I think if you're going to compete as an entrepreneur, you have to actually have that amount of aggressiveness. 
you know, I had the nicest competitors when I was building my business, but I didn't allow myself to think of them that way. I'm embarrassed to say I didn't like any of them. And they're probably perfectly nice, but I had mm -hmm. to rile myself up. You know, you have to think, how am I going to outpace them? How am I going to compete with them? How am I going to look better than them? How am I going to give my neighborhood more of a wow than they'll ever give? How's my shine and my personality going to be so much better than the people they hire? You, you just have to really address all those little details because that's what makes a successful business, all those details. Yes. You know, you got the makings. Yeah, you just need a facelift. Okay. You just need a facelift. How are you going to come up with the money to do it? It's going to cost a few bucks, not a lot, but it will cost money. You need a new menu. You might even need new tablecloths, aligners on your tables. You might need uh, a, a new color paper napkin, uh, a new kind of plastic basket. How are you going to re redo that stuff? How much money do you think you need to just do the peripheral stuff? Well, you know what? My restaurant is large enough mm -hmm. to have people come in and eat. Wow. But... The area that I'm in, I just choose not to. So I just let people order their food and just go. What are you afraid? That somebody's going to come in and rob you? Well, I don't know. Have you? I'm, I'm in Chicago. My, the neighborhood that my restaurant in, it's, it's not the best of neighborhoods. I have on, to tell me like it is. Well, I'm going to tell you like it is. Okay. I, I'm a first responder. So that I'm not afraid of. I just uh -huh. don't want the foolishness in my restaurant because also a couple of doors down for me, like two doors down, it's a funeral home. So he has a lot of gang funerals that come oh. in. So at one point, one of the gang members from the funeral home came in mm. and, you know, he had his gun and I was like, no, no. I'm the only one that's going to be in here with a firearm, not you. So, you know, it was like I had to chase him out of there. So then he mm. seen that I wasn't, messing around so he was like okay let me back up so that's yes. why i just have the people get the food and go yeah you know, i get it and i think i probably would would if i were in your shoes feel the same way it might be an overreaction uh can i ask you is there any way you could put seating outside on the front face so they're not in the restaurant but there's seats no one does that around there because people would steal the chairs and tables they were still the chairs and tables. What if they were screwed in? I've seen that like at the old fashioned, uh, like uh, drugstores, you know, they used to have everything screwed in in those days. Could you screw that in? I just think it might attract people more too. Uh, it's a detail, but I just question it. Yeah, I could. But like I said, that's just not the best. We have so many, like this weekend, we had 23 shootings and murders in just the weekend, Friday to Sunday. So I just, wow. would, I don't want to put my patrons at that risk I of someone it. getting shot outside the restaurant. I get that. Survival comes first, Deanne. It makes great sense. And so you really opened my eyes. It's something I uh, yeah. never had to contend with, even in my rough neighborhoods where I opened real estate offices. I never thought somebody might pull a gun, but it was a different day. Oh, then. yeah. Yeah, it's a different oh, day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have to be careful when I come out of there. It's like I have to do drops. You know, I have to go and well, when my brother was living here, I would have to have him come to the restaurant, take some money out, go out, and then I would come out, you know, later on at the end of the night with a couple of dollars. Then I had to call the local police station, you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm the police. Can you guys come and watch me come out the restaurant? Uh, and what do you do now? You said used to, used to, used to. You're going to continue? Your brother's not there any longer? No, my brother, 
moved. He moved to Mississippi. How dare he? I to know. To a better neighborhood, no doubt. I, and that's exactly why he moved. Oh. So, yeah, so I'm still on the police department. I'm in forensics on the police department, so. Oh, I see. Yeah. But it's like almost time for me to retire. I have like 23 years on the job. So I just, I mean, I was, I'm working both. I'm, you know, I can do the restaurant and do this at the same time. Your judgment is spot on, right? Mm -hmm. Just outdo that son of a gun down the block. Just okay. You know, you're capable of doing that. You're so, you're a good thinker. Everything you said, where you concluded, makes such good sense. You just have the ability to think things through and make it happen. So just apply it to that. Fixing a facelift, a facelift, a facelift. That's all you need. Okay, so you're thinking new signage. Yes, and how about delivery services? Can you, I just want to throw that in last second. How about delivery, home delivery? Can you, can I, you get an electric bike and a few kids in the neighborhood to be willing to deliver? I was using, uh, what's that, Uber Eats and Grubhub. Yep. So I use those I use them also. What percentage of your, your dinners are home delivery, would you say? About 25%. I would make sure on my new signage that says really big home delivery. Okay. You're serving the key, the key nouns of what you're serving, along with home delivery, fast okay. pickup or home delivery, pickup or delivery. I guess you could put pickup or delivery, whatever the right way to do that. Your okay. signage is key. Pay okay. signage, yeah. But do print out the photos and start sketching. It's the only way to see good signage. It's Barbara. Just call her. It's Barbara. Hello, this is Barbara. Barbara, my name is Kathy, and I have had a profitable business for a few decades. It has not been affected by the COVID. In fact, it actually grew to a quarter million. However, it has gotten to the point to where I'm having to work another job now to actually fund the business and pay my contractors. So I'm at the decision point of I have an investor that would buy me out or put me on salary as an employee and he has 100% of the business, or I would become a minority shareholder of my own business, and they would take the majority. And I do not know which way to go, and I'm feeling kind of burned out, but at the same time, I love what we do for people, and I am somewhat the experienced one in the business, so I feel like I need to stay in. Uh, I, I have a hard time thinking about letting go. So I'm really confused and could use some business advice on where to go, which decision to make. So if I can get some help from you, I would sure appreciate it. Well, Kathy, it's a rare occurrence when someone calls in and says, I, have a, I had a profitable business for a few decades. I never hear those golden words. And then you go on to talk about the business and how you did better in COVID versus worse in COVID, which is also unusual. And then you go on to, I have to get a job to support the business. Something doesn't connect there. What, what, what piece am I missing there that, right? You did better in COVID and now you're thinking you might have to get a job or sell the business. What went on? 
Well, during COVID, when I was negotiating with our biggest client, and we had for years struggled with a low profit margin. And with the growth, growth during COVID, it, it wasn't improving our profit margin. We we're still weren't making very much money on the bottom line. And I wanted to improve that bottom line, and I knew we could. And so we negotiated and finally got to a contract. And two months later, he, after paying the higher prices, um, didn't like it and wanted to renegotiate the terms of the contract, like by making me be fully involved and, and doing much more than what I had been doing, which was more of a management role. And I purposely stepped back because it, that's a very stressful job that he wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. And um, it, some, it would take sometimes 12 hours uh, in one sitting without being able to get up to go to the bathroom to have lunch or no. any 12 hours straight. So I, I, this I, I had done this since 2003 with him. And I, I just said, no, I've told you already. I'm stepping back. I'm finding other people to do this for you. And, you know, I've trained them and, you know, I'm sorry, they might not be as good as I am, but you've got to get used to it. They will get better with time. And like I said, two months later, he said, nope, um, if you don't do this or this, we're going to end the contract. And I, I wasn't going backwards. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not going backwards. And um, so he did put in the 30 day notice and he decided to bring his service, our services in house. And he hired someone to manage it, which is what he wanted me to do. And uh, then he totally changed the terms of how that person did the job. Of so course. he basically did what I was wanting done, mm -hmm. but he wouldn't do it with me. He, he's he's doing little, uh, something called ego got in the way there, I'm sure. He probably and, felt and done in by you. Realizing how much money he was losing. So I, I think he thought if I brought this in, look at all the money we're going to make. So so that took a hit to our budget and um, that was okay. I, I reeled for a little while and um, then I decided, well, it's either throw in the towel, sell, or try to rebuild this thing. So I'm not a quitter. So I decided to hire someone that's excellent in sales, has a lot of contacts in people that typically hire our our business. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's where I've been working to pay this guy. Was he your only client or most of the revenue of the company? And two, probably even a more basic question, what do you do for a client? What is the nature of your work? We are one of many companies that help those people with hearing loss to hear the spoken word. So we provide captioning services. You provide what services? Captioning. I, I'm not familiar with that terminology. What does that mean? Okay, so um, if you were speaking to an audience and someone wanted to attend your event, but they did not know sign language and they could not hear, they okay. would ask for the ADA accommodation for okay. a captioner. And so therefore, we're one of those people, we started out training for court reporting. Okay. And we use those skills to provide every word for people who have hearing loss. And so that's what we do and work and you, and I could see why you would treasure doing the work and why you said, I love what we do for people. There's no loss of love there. You probably feel uh, good every day you deliver that, right? Uh, who wouldn't? My gosh. Mm. Absolutely. Slash business, both, both at the same time. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's helping people, but it, it's helping them keep their jobs. It's helping them get better jobs. It's helping them graduate college. Wow. It's helping them attend events that that they would be ostracized from because they couldn't hear. And um, it's still, you know, for you, for you, a, a, a very famous person, you know, it, it would be someone connecting with you and saying, listen, don't go anywhere with, you know, when you speak to large crowds without providing captioning, because so many of, of our population have hearing loss wow. and you know don't ostracize them so so it's educating the clients first that the that the service is really a, a good thing it, it, it's a, a good thing to offer and then it's also something to market as well to market yourself above your competition you do this when they don't and um so there's so there's a lot of education that comes with getting a brand new client and on this because i'm kind of uh, i've never thought about that um, when we're doing our Shark Tank show, uh, there are no captions. Is there an option for someone who's hearing impaired uh, to see captions automatically on any TV they're watching on any show? Is that an option in today's world? Well, in the United States, it's a requirement that the programs have to be captioned. And so it, it's up to your producer and the station showing the show as to how the captions are then produced. I see. So, it used to it used to be always us. It used to be always captioners that did it. And a lot of times the shows are aired or, or pr produced and recorded well in advance. And so they'll turn it to post-production people who will type it versus us doing it. Now so, getting back to this client who replaced you with an in-house person or replaced your services with an in-house person, was this your largest client, your only client? It sounded like he was a big kahuna. He was, he was our largest client, yes, but we have, and we still have. That's the reason you felt set back so much. What yes. percentage of your revenue was he responsible for? 50%, 80%, what? I would say 50%, a good 50 to 60%. Setback, yeah. Mm -hmm. were, you, were you able to bring in any new clients in his stead since that happened? Not to his proportion. But you're working on it now with your new salesperson, right? Yes. But basically, I basically I've given him my salary almost, you know, yeah. what I used to take from the business I'm paying him with. So that's why I have another job. Yeah. And um, so that that's where it's like I could continue doing this. Uh, it's going to take a while to build back up. And I do trust him because he's brought in some business. But I, I don't know whether I should continue this because he has actually talked to some people who are interested in purchasing from me. And mm -hmm. So, that's, that's, yeah. mm. so what do I do? I mean, I do need to well, remember one option right now, which you didn't mention your options. You said, should I take a minority share? Should I become an employee and sell the whole shoot and match? Uh, you didn't mention the option. Should I just hold as I'm do doing and keep that part-time or full-time job to support my business till it gets back on its feet. But there's a fourth option with, which is, should I buy time? and not make the decision. And I would by far say that that's the best decision at this juncture, because you're at the cusp of maybe going left or maybe going right in terms of production. That new person selling on a clean deal where they sell, where there's no partnership, where there's no complications, there's no other personality uh, problems that might arise. Um, just keep them clean. What you need is you need more accounts. So you keep that guy focused or gal focused on getting you more accounts, I think is the uh, best possible thing. 
I admire you for taking a, another job to turn it over to this guy to get more sales and to save your house. Um, I remember I was in business. I have an exact parallel to this. I was in business like 15 years, went through a, a blood curdling recession in New York. I used every resource I could to keep my head above water. And finally, I knew I had nothing left. And what I did, and, and picture this, I had about, at that time, maybe 500 people that worked for me. I went out and took a day job working for a developer as a sales clerk in the daytime showing apartments because I took his 100000 and I paid it to a new person I hired at work, 100000 I made no money. I was working two jobs. But guess what? Six months later, I quit that job and we made it through the trough. So that's called an entrepreneur, which would lead me to believe probably the worst thing for you to do in decisions is to become an employee. Second worst thing to become from that personality that I just watched in you, what you were willing to do for your baby, for your business, okay, would be to become a minority shareholder, which when I sold my business, it was probably the best economic decision I could have made if I held 20% of my stock or 10 times more in five years. No, I sold the whole shoot match because I knew one thing about myself. I didn't want to be a minority listening to the majority. It would be almost worse than being an employee. <laughs> So I sold the whole thing. So I think the right juncture right now is to do nothing but stay the course of what you've chosen. Because to my ears, it sounds like the honorable one, the smart one, and the one most likely to succeed. Wow. <laughs> I really, I feel so clearly about that. And also seeing you uh, on my computer here and seeing the conviction in your face that goes along with your words, uh, you're not ready to give this baby away. This is your child. You're not going to give that away. And you want to know, uh, picture the day when you call this guy back and laugh in his face and say, so how are you doing with your eighth employee? Not really. You're not that type as I wouldn't be vindictive, but sometimes I'm vindictive in my mind. I picture these scenarios to feel good, but maybe give yourself a deadline as to how long you're willing to hold that job and how long you're willing to give that guy or gal who's doing the selling now, okay? How long you're going to give them and what do you need for that time? Because it's that extreme sacrifice of yourself. Yeah. Maybe really be crystal clear and not help me out, but this is what I need from you. You're still the boss. You're still in the company. And when he talks about his friends that want to do this or do that, say, not now, not now, not now. You know, not now. Come back in six months. I'm willing to entertain it. Come back in three months. I'm willing to listen. Tell you guys I'm so appreciative. Three months, I'm willing. But put them off, put them off, put them off. That's what I've done so far. And I gave them to June 1st. And they have been doing nothing but practically weekly wanting to know, have I made a decision? Have I made a decision? So they're being very pushy about it. But I did give them to June 1st. And um, I, I told him that I, I wanted him to bring in as much money to replace his income, you know, so that I can basically take my salary back and it hasn't happened. So we're almost to May now. And so I've been working for you. How long? I'm sorry. How long has he been working for you? January. And is most of his compensation? That's a long time. January, February, March. Have you had a lot of sales from him? We had one good month of these months. So, um, you said he was well connected. He was he swam in that universe. How many clients has he brought in? Really, only two. Mm, I don't like it. 
Yeah, and and so no, that's uh, you know what I would be doing? I would be looking for somebody else right away. I, I and that's that's exactly what I wanted to do. And but at the same time, honestly, this this is what hurts me the most to say this. Um, I need to fund my retirement fund. And uh, being fifty-seven years old, we've had five kids, mm -hmm. and that they always it. they always took first place. And um, my, I was the major breadwinner. So I, I need to fund my retirement fund. So that that tease and that that uh, possible great big lump of money, sum of money that could instantly go on my well, my whoa, 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 whoa. did they did they tell you how much is that lump of money they're willing to give you? They they did not, but uh, they want me to come. They they want me to come back with a figure and we'll negotiate. And I'm having somebody run the numbers now and help me figure that out. Uh, you know what? Uh, running numbers and valuing a business, I find, has very little to do with logic. It has more to do with what would what would float your boat, what would make you happy. Give me the number. How much would you say? I got to take it. I'm gone. What well, number? I was I was doing like the four year look back or three year look back, and I was saying just w my best year. Give me give me my best year, which was um, two hundred two hundred and fifty three thousand. Yeah. So times what would you take for the business? That's what I was going to ask is the 253,000. So that was the, so I don't even know if that's good or not. That's why I wanted somebody to help me out. I don't know. Don't so. know. You know what I would do? Your accountant's not going to figure it out. Your nephew's not going to figure it out. You got to figure it out yourself. You know how I figured out what I would sell my business for? They offered me 22 million. I was on a ski lift, with my brother a roofer. He said, well, that's a lot of money, Barb. What are you going to do? I said, I'm going to tell them 66 million. And he said, why 66? Is it making that much money? I said, I don't know, but that's my lucky number and that's what it's gonna be. And what do you think they paid me? Based on nothing but pure bullshit, 66 million. Let me say to you, you would walk away from that business. Now I ask your honesty in your gut. You'd walk away from that business right now if you get like $250,000, you would say, wow, that funds my retirement fund. And I'm not knocking you for it. If that's really the number, would that make you excited? That's not the number they say we need in order to retire, but I thought that that would at least be a good start. Yeah, you don't start low, you always start high. What would you need to retire well, really? Well, they say you should have a million dollars. Okay, then why, do you ask, why not ask for a million dollars? It's four times your revenue in a good year. In my best years, I made $250,000, I'd like four times my revenue. That's not unusual in business. Some businesses get 10 times. Okay. They come back to you and say, but you're making nothing now. You have a salary, not making nothing. Well, why do you think I'm making this salary and hanging on so tight? Because I know this business, I know it can produce again. But if you want to take me out, I'd be happy to. Four times 250. See what they do with it. Throw it out there and see what they chew. They might have in mind giving you $10,000 in cash or maybe $2,000 now and $8,000 over two years if you're a minority partner. You have no idea what's in these guys' minds. Just throw the number out and don't be afraid of losing them. People who want to buy a business are never shy. They come back and they give you another number. <laughs> you have nothing to lose, but you have to start. But that's if you want to sell. I'm not sure I'm looking at a lady that wants to sell her business because you love what you do. And you want to know you're how old now, Kathy? 57. 57 is a long way away from 65. The world could change. Your business could change. You could make 500,000 a year. You know what the most important thing is in everything we've talked about? And I'll end on this, okay? Get rid of that salesman and get yourself maybe two for the price of one.
Okay. Don't I, give up the job and give yourself six months to go out selling. Uh, you don't have what people would call a typical sales personality where you're bubbly, whoa, 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 promising the moon, but you're rock solid. Yeah. You're and rock I, solid. I'm one of those old fashioned people. My word is my oath. So you could trust me. And you're not in a fancy business selling cosmetics or uh, hula hoops. You're selling reading assistance. Solid, rock solid. Okay. It sounds to me, feels like to me, like it matches. If you want to have fun with these pokers and throw them a million dollar number, why not do it for sport? See what happens. They might surprise say, well, okay, but how about 750? You never know. And then you can decide, do I want to sell or not? But right now, all it is a puff in the sky. Uh, you don't know what that number is. And all your salesman is really so far as a puff in the sky. And you don't know what he's going to land. And those puffs got to get labels on them. You know? Yeah. That's true. Put the and screws on that guy. Say, I need three sales by the end of this month. Okay, good. Okay, I need three sales. And then meanwhile, look for somebody else. Because I don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, I think I gave him long enough and, and I'm, uh, I, did, I did put a date on it. Yeah, you put a date, but you know what you got to do with sales? You got to put a number every time, a number and a date. A date without a number is useless. A number without a date is useless in sales. So make sure when you re find his replacement, even part-time while you're selling, make sure you have a date and a number. Okay. Don't, don't do that again. Okay. Nice hanging out with you, Kathy. Yeah, Thank you so much for helping me. Okay, ciao, ciao. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.